You're listening to a North Valley Community Church podcast. For more information and resources, visit us online at northvalleychurch.org. All right. Well, good morning, North Valley. Great being with you this morning. My name is Ryan. This is my family. I want to welcome you and on behalf of my family. Um, we're excited to have all you guys here today. We're starting a brand new message series today. Um, uh, this is my uh, son Sam right there beside me in the photo, and then we got little Maya Bear right there in the middle, uh, aka Boss, and uh, then we've got little Riley right there, and then my beautiful wife Leslie. So we're in a, a parenting series, um, and it's funny, the little kid in the middle, boy, she's, she's awesome. We adopted her uh, about uh, five years ago, and she's a great kid. Um, we did a family serve day yesterday on the campus, so you need to know the church is new. It's been, we've been in existence for about six years now, first Sunday morning. Everything you see is done by volunteers, and they just do an awesome job. Um, yeah, you want to celebrate our volunteers. Thank you. Uh, the, other, the other day I was uh, in the garage with Maya and I was practicing for Family Serve Day. And so I said to her, hey, we're going to be working together as a family and let's try out some, some uh, equipment. So we got the backpack blower out. Anybody ever seen a backpack blower? Those things are bad to the bone. Dads, I know you got to love those power tools right there. Had a big steel backpack blower. And she says, Maya says, I want I to do that. And I said, that's big. And she says, well, I'm big. And I said, okay. So I put the backpack blower on her, I loaded on, and she goes, whoa. And then I said, sweetie, it's too big. And she says, no, I'm good. And she grabs the lever and goes, Bwah! And she's spinning around, and all of a sudden, boom, she hits the ground. And I wish I had it on camera to show you. Uh, but I don't. But here's what I want to encourage you to do. We're in a series called More Than Parenting Tips. You need deep truths in your family to guide your family. So I'm going to frame the next few weeks for you. Um, you should, as a dad, today we're talking about truth for dad, next week truth for mom, following week truth for grandparenting, and maybe based on a response from you, uh, truth on single parenting or blended families. So I'm going to wait and kind of sense that out, pray that up, and just hear from you guys if you want me to go one more week into this. But this is a three-week series right now, maybe four weeks um, but I want you to know, first of all, is have fun with your kids. This is not boot camp. You're going to learn teaching from the Apostle Paul, one of the most brilliant uh, philosophers of the first century, thinkers, theologians, pastor, leaders, um, great, renowned communicator, teacher. You're going to learn from him. I'm just going to echo that and communicate that and contextualize that for you. This is not boot camp training for kiddos. Okay, um, we're gonna have, I wanna encourage you to have fun with your kids. Your kids need to have fun. Um, why this message series? Because a third of our church is actually children. So that's a big deal. A third of our church is children. We have a huge priority. Last week I taught on investing into the next generation. Like our success as a church hinges on developing, training, discipling up our children to make an impact in the next generation for Jesus Christ. So I want to, why this is important. Also, culturally speaking, one of the things that you may not know, but um, children are like God in the North Valley. They're like, it's too much. It's like a borderline idolatry. It's, uh, the, we don't have enough Christ-centered homes in 
the North Phoenix area, what we have is child-centered homes where everything revolves around the child. That's not a biblical framework. Um, so what I'm going to do is I'm speaking to that. I'm going to show you what the scripture has to say about that. And we're going to learn more than tips. We're going to learn deep truths that navigate uh, and help us. I want to outline just the, the goal of parenting first is that every kid should grow to be independent of us as parents and dependent on God. So that's the goal. That's the goal. We want them to be depending upon the Lord. Be strong, make decisions, be able to understand what's right, what's wrong, how to honor the Lord, how to be a person of integrity, those kind of things. That's what we've got to get towards. So, um, and then the question is, is how long the series is? I already told you that. It'd be three weeks, depending on your feedback. You say, hey, Pastor Ryan, single parenting, blended families. Yes, please teach on that. Then I'll do that on Labor Day weekend. So um, that's, that, that's just a little intro for the series. Uh, just a word real quick. I want to encourage you parents right away. As I'm talking about this, some of you may feel defeated, discouraged. You didn't do a good job. You know you're not doing a great job at parenting. I'm glad you're here. And let me just, let me share this with you. No matter how good you do as a parent to teach your kid truth, they still can rebel and run away and call and scoff you and reject God and do their own thing. No matter how well you lay out the rules and the scriptures and the truth and blah, 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 it's just, it's just that. That's the reality. So, but here's what I want to tell you. If you covenant with me as a dad, as a parent, and you say, Lord, I'm going to give my child a great relationship, everything I can do to love my kiddo, and encourage him and challenge him and then share with him the truths of scripture in your parenting approach is rooted in relationship, your likelihood of seeing your kid excel and grow and thrive is exponential. Here's a phrase I want you to hold on to as we move into this series is that rules without relationship equals rebellion. Rules without relationship equals rebellion. I had a guy come up to me right before the first service and said, hey, Pastor Ryan, what do I do? My kid's asking some really hard questions. I want to teach him. He's curious about God. He doesn't even believe all the things that I'm, believe, I'm new to believe as a dad. What do I do? And I said, the greatest thing you can do is establish a relationship with your kiddo. So you create the framework, the context. When he has questions, you're a safe person to talk to. And then what you do my friend, is you read your kid about Jesus and the Bible constantly and teach him, encourage him. And he looked at this thing and goes, man, this is cool. And I said, to be honest with you, I know you so I can say this. You're probably going to learn more about this than he will. It's called the Jesus Storybook Bible. And today I've got these as a special gift. We're running out really quick to any new first-time dads here today that just say, hey, I want to help my kids. Uh, the Jesus Storybook Bible, the best Bible to help teach and train kiddos up. So let me do this. Let me pray, and then we're going to get started for today's message. Heavenly Father, I thank you for the great privilege and opportunity I have as a dad and as a pastor to share your word. We pray, Father, for the Holy Spirit to minister to us and through us in an extraordinary way so that we could have enough truth saturated in our hearts 
to permeate and to penetrate through the home, through the businesses, through the community around us through this coming week. Lord, I pray for the fathers here today. Might they follow your teaching and truth and live life to the fullest. Lord, I pray for the mothers here today, Lord, that are hoping that their husbands will father well, will lead well. Lord, that they'd be given patience in an extraordinary way. And Lord, that they would themselves cling to your truth, look to your truth. And for the kids, Lord, that they might see the importance of the family. And they, Lord, and for the grandparents that have come, there's so much here for the family. We pray, would you encourage us, lift us up. Would you use this time to give us inspiration and understanding to live more holy life dedicated unto you. In Jesus' name, everybody said, amen. We're looking at Ephesians, so go ahead. If you've got a Bible, open it up. Ephesians chapter 6, verses 1 through 4. And if you don't have a Bible, I want to encourage you. We have some in the back. You can get one as a gift. Don't worry. We're not going to call you out. Just jump up. If you want coffee, water, use the restroom, you're not going to interrupt me. Just do what you need to do. I'm going to teach for a little while. Um, Ephesians 6, 1 through 4 is where we're going to be. And then if you've got a smartphone, you can open it up on your smartphone. I don't have it on the screens because I make it simple for our AV guys, but I want you guys bringing your Bibles, open them up, okay? So Ephesians 6, 1 through 4, let me read that. We're in the English Standard Version, and I'm going to read the passage and then walk through some of it. And this is truth for everybody, kids, moms, dads, everybody. This is all for us to understand about the family, and then we're going to get to the fathers. Ephesians 6, 1 through 4 says, the Apostle Paul says, Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother. This is the first commandment with a promise, that it may go well with you and that you may live long in the land. Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. First thing I want to highlight to you as you're looking in your Bible there is that he, Paul addresses children. This is truth for the whole family. Before we start the parenting series, just want to give an overview of the family real quick. Children in the Apostle Paul's day, uh, within the non-Christian worldview in the Roman Empire, there was a pretty low view of kids. So, so low that the child was not accepted as a, as a, as a citizen of Rome um, or even a, a, a had any kind of rights until the father either publicly acknowledged the child or accepted the child. Literally, children were abandoned or aborted unless the father in the Greco-Roman era in that time period acknowledged or accepted. And what was pretty typical for a dad to do was to pick up the child and hold up the child to, in approval. Maybe if it was a man dating another girl or whatever, they have a baby. And if he did not acknowledge that child as his son or daughter, that child could be aborted or it could be abandoned. The Apostle Paul is speaking to that. The church has been planted in Rome. It's growing. It's thriving. People are coming into faith in Jesus in this view. And literally, children were like garbage unless the dad claimed ownership over that child. So... Paul is a radical, a progressive, and he's communicating not only to a Greek-Roman worldview, but he's also communicating to a Judeo-Christian worldview, which the Jews, many of them started to come to faith in Jesus at this point in time with the church in Rome, but what was going on with them is they had a pretty high view of children 
that they were not garbage, but they were gifts from the Lord. That's the view that we hold as a church. These, these, ch these children we have, they're like gifts. And the role of parenting is to steward these kiddos to become uh, completely dependent on God and independent of us. And so um, in Judeo-Christian home, uh, they taught this. But here's the bad news. The bad news that many of the Jewish families that were coming to faith in Jesus were incredibly strict, heavy-handed rules, and were, uh, today's terms, abusing their children. And so what Paul's doing is he's going to address this family issue, and he's going to start with the head of the household, the father. And that's where he's going first. Um, in today's culture, I said it earlier, but children are like gods. They're adored. And it jacks up all the marriages. It messes up the entire family when the marriage is, or the child is above the marriage, the child is above God. And so Paul's going to give an equilibrium for us to be able to balance and see how does God created this. And he's going to start with the dads. So let's look in the passage. Let's continue on. He says, children, obey your parents in the Lord. Uh, what that doesn't mean is that if you're a child and you don't have Christian parents, that you don't have to obey them. So sorry, kids. Um, but it means that if children are to obey their parents in the Lord, that means that um, they're to obey their parents like they're serving the Lord. That's what that means. And then he goes on, he says, for this is right, honor your father and mother. And that's actually the fifth commandment in the Old Testament and the 10 commandments in Exodus chapter 20. He says, this is the first commandment with a promise. Well, it's the first commandment in the second half of the 10 commandments. And it's of one of the most important priorities for a child to honor your mother and father. That was a common thought within Jewish culture and Christian culture at that time. Verse 3, it says that it may go well with you and that you may live long, long in the land. So kids, what that means is, is when you're obedient to your parents and as they lead you in biblical truth, there's a general sense of blessing upon your life as you're obedient. You're following the ways of the truth more than parenting tips. You're following truth laid out for you. Verse 4, here's where we get to the dads. Paul goes straight to the matter and deals with the head of the household. And he says this, Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but to bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. There's three basic instructions that the Apostle Paul gave right there. Look in your text. First thing he says is don't provoke. Second thing he's going to say is you're going to bring them up in discipline. The third thing he says, and instruction. So this morning, what I want to do is outline to you, listen, dads, kids come with instructions. Now, I don't know about you if you don't do well with instruction booklets when you get those, but how many people are the dads in the room that when you buy something from Ikea or you buy something that you actually read the instruction booklets? Would you raise your hands? Okay, instruction readers, I'm proud of you. Wish I was like you. How many of you do not read the instruction booklets? Raise your hands. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. There are more of you guys in the room. Well, uh, Riley and I went on a date not too long ago. My wife gave me some basic instructions, and she wrote some notes down and told me to read them and do them, and unfortunately, I forgot to. They were pretty important instructions. We went on a date. We go out. She's going to a father, we're going to a father-daughter dance. We get to Elevate Coffee, Coffee Company, 
She says, Dad, I'd like a hot cocoa. I said, great, let's get you a large. Make it extra large. She gets a hot cocoa. I forgot. Uh, the guy asked me, he says, do you want 2% in here or do you just want skim milk? And I said, make it 2%. It's a big night tonight. And uh, then she drinks it. She gets really sick. And then she says to me, Dad, I don't feel good. And I said, oh, no, what's wrong? And she says, is there milk in here? She was lactose intolerant. She lost all her drink right there in the Elevate coffee shop. And then instead of going to the dance for the evening, we ended up going back to the house and watching some cartoons. Following instructions. Here's what you have with the Apostle Paul. He gives very clear instructions. And dads, we got to listen to him. It says, number one is do not provoke your children to anger. The Apostle Paul says, do not provoke there's three things to look at is don't get overly distracted, don't be overly demanding, and don't be demanding at all. And I'm going to break that up for you and help you understand what provokes a kiddo. Let me explain to you what, first, though, what that word provoke means. It's a very important word. In the Greek, it's paragizo. And I was listening to that gizo, gizo. Do not provoke, do not paragizo your children. And I was kept thinking, what does that mean? And I looked at it, and it, what it actually means is the present tense active imperative means it's already in progress, and it means to make angry. And what the Apostle Paul's doing is he's addressing the cultural issue that there's a lot of dads that are provoking their kids, making them angry, and it's short-circuiting the parenting process. And he says, in a sense, don't paragizo. And I'm like, paragizo, it sounds like geezer. Geezer, don't be a geezer. You guys aren't with me today right now. Well, I thought it was really funny because, you know, don't be a geezer, you know. So, but he says, don't be a geezer. Pro don't provoke your children. And here's what I want to encourage you to think about. For me, these are the top three things in my household that really provoke my kids. Don't get overly distracted. Uh, phones, they're awesome. They're a curse, too. Email, text, Facebook, news. I mean, I love the news app. You can just scroll through. You got like 20 news stations. You're like, whoa, there's so much going on. And then my daughter says to me, dad, are you listening to me? Sam says, dad, dad, dad. All right, what are you doing? And I'm answering emails with work. Are you working? It's like nine o'clock at night. Don't be overly distracted. That'll provoke your kids. They don't feel like they have a voice. They're not being heard. Second thing is don't be overly demanding. The Apostle Paul is really pushing on that point. Fathers were provoking their kiddos. They were being way too heavy-handed. They were all rules without relationship. And rules without relationship leads to rebellion. Don't be overly demanding. If you're overly demanding... Typically in the household of parenting, here's what you get. You get one parent that's more the, I call him the rule follower, and then the one that's all about the relationship. You have one parent that is kind of more like the red light, and the other parent's like the green light. So here's how it goes in my household. Sam says to me, and I'll tell you why I respond the way I respond in a minute. Sam says to me, hey, Dad, can we play Xbox tonight? I'm like, did you do your homework? And he's like, yeah. I'm like, let's play. My wife, on the other hand, she might say, no, you're not going to play. You've had enough. I counted your minutes. These are how many minutes you get per week. This is what you did. So we have one family person in the marriage that's more red light, another 
person in the, in the marriage in my household is green light. To me, my biblical framework, if it's not sin, the answer is always yes. I mean, it's that simple for me. Uh, but that creates problems. And I'll tell you about that. I'm going to be open and honest with you. That creates problems. Being a yes parent, a green parent, you're going to get in trouble in the marriage. You red light people, let me tell you, you, are, you have the tendency to be the rule keeper so much that you better watch out and not forget the big word called grace or relationship. And Paul says, don't be overly demanding. Like if you just a OCD parent, make your bed right now, 10 seconds. I mean, pick your battles. Don't be demeaning at all. I saw this the other day um, at a, um, a game. Well, it was actually last spring. Um, we were taking my boy out to play football. And this dad is, I guess he was reliving his glory days and kind of frustrated that he didn't do good enough in his former years of glory. And I'll just call the kid Dylan. Dylan's out in the field. And this dad starts to tease his boy playing the game. And he, it really messed with me. He said to his son, son, what's wrong with you? Why can't you catch? You look like an idiot. Come on, catch the ball, kid. And he yells at his kid. And I know this parent. And I'm thinking to myself, man, I wish I wasn't a pastor right now because I would get up in his face and unload on him. But if I did, I'd probably be in the newspaper and then you guys would hate me. So I just like do a Holy Spirit prayer. Lord Jesus, help me know what to do with this mean dad. He is so destroying his life of his boy. And I just heard the Holy Spirit say, encourage Dylan. So I opened my eyes. Dylan made a decent little play. Not, not great. He was discouraged. His dad's yelling at him in front of everybody. And I say, hey, Dylan, way to catch. You'll get it next time. You'll get further down the field. The dad looks at me like, what, what are you? I'm like, I should be like, I'm a pastor. <laughs> I'm Dylan's buddy when you should be his buddy. Don't be demanding at all. Sideline critics. Yell out, good job. When you see a dad failing, you step in and you be a good loving father to that kid. There's so many people in this church that say to me, I didn't have a good dad, but what I did have is I had a neighbor down the street that treated me like his own. Why? Because it leads the kids to anger. Look what Paul says. He says, biblically, it's an anger issue. Anger doesn't do anything good for you. In James, James says, be slow to anger. You ought to be like a slow burn to anger, like, not like a, a dynamite wick. <laughs> You need to be slow to anger. And kids need to be slow to anger. It doesn't produce anything good, James says in James 1, 19 and 20. It doesn't produce any righteousness. Like you blowing up on your kid, you getting mad at your kid, that me leads him to temptation and get more angry. And now you have a generation, a generation, a generation of anger in the family. And that needs to be broken in the name of Jesus. And so you're demanding it can lead kids to anger. In Genesis chapter 4, we see brothers, Cain rises up in his anger, God says, and he kills his brother out of anger. Anger doesn't do anything good for you. Opportunity for the devil, according to Ephesians chapter 4, Paul already, already said that. When you get, make your kid angry, you're just, 
you're like, you're leading him unto, into temptation. You're messing him up or her up when you make your kid angry. It's counterproductive. What does Paul say? Here's the result if you provoke your kids. He said it to the church in Colossae. He said, hey, fathers, don't provoke your children lest they become, the big D word, discouraged. Man, you destroy a kid like that with your words or your attitudes, your actions. Discourage a kid. What do kids need from you, mom, dad? Encouragement, not discouragement. So Paul's going to go positive now, and he's going to give us some positive instruction. Here's what he says, instructions for dad. He said, he says, bring them up in the discipline. Let's say that all together. Bring them up in the discipline. And you're like, okay, what does that mean? Does that mean getting whooped and getting spanked and all that stuff? I mean, when I was a kid, I didn't like this, but my mom would say, you just wait until you're father comes home and then he would come in the room and oh I could hear him coming up the stairs and then he would knock on the door I'd open it and I'd be shaking and scared believe me I deserved a whooping and I'm sitting there my dad would come in he'd take off his belt he'd say bend over and then he said these terrible words which I know you've all heard hey this is gonna hurt me more than it's gonna hurt you I'm like I would I was a punk kid I'd be like liar Um, discipline. Oh, it's a culturally hotbed of word choice, but let's look what the Bible says. The first thing he says is bring them up. This is good. This is called exegetical teaching right now because we're just handling just a couple of verses. To bring them up, the Greek word is ektrepho, and it means to nourish or to provide food for. When Paul says discipline, what he basically is saying is, dads, this is really cool. Dads, don't, oh, listen, don't delegate discipline to mama. Well, your mama's going to have to handle you. <laughs> no, dads, you discipline. Do you know, you know what's going on a little bit in my household right now? Honest moment. Is I just, I've delegated discipline way too much in my household because I'm a green light. I'm a green light parent. I'm a yes all the time, all the time. That can get me into big trouble because now I don't want to discipline. And so what it does is it hijacks the marriage relationship and frustrates it because guess who's having to discipline all the kids all the time is my wife. It's not right. We got to share in that thing. So to bring them up, what does that mean? Nourish, provide for. It's the same little Greek word and the English word. You can look there in your Bible as it connects in Ephesians 5.29 that the Apostle Paul uses as a marriage relationship for husbands to nourish their wives. And then he likens it how Christ nourishes the relationship with the church. So here's what he's saying, dads. Hey, bring them up. Give them what they need. Not, he didn't say, break them down. This is boot camp. He didn't say, do the Hulk smash on them. Show them who's boss. No, he says, bring them up. And the word on that bring them up is to nourish. That's a very soft kind of thing for a dad to do. Let me nourish you. But it'd be like the dad who's got the little baby and he's like got the little nasty Gerber food, you know? The stuff you just pop off, you're like, Whoa. 
Then you take it and you feed your child. And you're like, I'm glad you like it. <laughs> this stuff's like dog food. You're feeding your baby. What are we feeding our babies anyway? All right, so bring them up to nourish, ectrepho them into discipline. That means training is what that means. So you got to train. It's like training. You, you have athletes, sports. Think training. That word discipline means train. What does a good coach do to train? Does he break all his players down and just make fun of them and demean them and crush them? No. He points out their weaknesses. He, he points out their strengths. He puts them in a program to get them stronger so that they can compete and win. Same thing for us, guys, is we've got to do this. So here's what we're going to do. Rules about discipline. I've already shaped the big framework idea is that rules without relationship leads to rebellion. Here's the point. Discipline and love, never in anger. If you're a hothead, don't discipline your kid in that moment. It's not a good idea. You got anger issues, mom, dad, whoever does have the most anger issues, you shouldn't discipline your kid in that moment because the spank gets way too hard. The intensity just oozes off of you. Your chaos can't create calmness. Your calmness can help cool off the chaos. Here's what I say. Discipline in love, never in anger. Who disciplined me in love? My dad. But guess what? My dad had anger issues. And guess what? He couldn't discipline me a whole lot because he had anger issues. So he delegated to my mama to, to discipline me. And she, well, at least her swats weren't as hard. She would think of more creative ways to discipline me, which was great. But what I'm saying here is discipline and love, never in anger. It's kind of like this is for Leslie and I. If I get upset, I have had generations of anger in my Rice family, my grandfather, my dad, and me, and my brothers, and all that. Just honest. I do feel like Jesus has broken that chain significantly in my family. He broke it with my grandfather before he passed away. He's broken it with my dad. My dad's a different man now, and he's broken it more in me than ever. I mean, when I first got, I mean, when I first became a Christian, you guys, there's a lot of rough edges. If you think there's rough edges now, just come on back a long time with me. <laughs> discipline and love, never in anger. When I get angry and I'm trying to discipline the kids, my wife and I do this thing, like we call it tag team. I don't know how many of you guys have ever seen WWF wrestling. Come on. How many, okay. How many of you seen WWF? There you go. You remember the Hulk, Incredible Hulk? I met that guy one time, by the way. He looked like he spent a lot of time in a tanning bed. And he looked like he was wearing makeup too. And so Hulk, and then how many of you guys remember Andre the Giant? That dude was big. Remember he was in Princess Bride for a moment? That was kind of cool. Like, oh, there's Andre the Giant. So here's what we do in our relationship. If I'm angry, we tag team. It's like we know we got to get in the ring and discipline these kiddos. But what we do is if I'm angry, I know I'm not fit to be in the disciplinary ring. So I just, like if I'm Hulk, I, I don't want to do the Hulk smash on my kid. I don't want to do DDT moves on my kid. So I got to chill out. So I'll, I don't want to call her Andre the Giant, but I'll just like, I'll be like, I'll be like, hey, babe, you're in. And she's like, why? And I'm like, I'm just like, I'm raging, you know. I'm, I'm intense right now. So she steps in. 
petite little girl, and she disciplines the kids. So disciplining the kids is not just for dads, but Paul highlights dads have to be in the game. They, they can't delegate. It's not constantly, oh, I'm raging, you're in. Oh, I'm raging, you're in. Like, you can't do that. Like, figure out what's wrong with you. If you're raging that much, <laughs> like, that's not normal. So, you, I get it. I delegate a lot. But that, that, that's not biblical to constantly make your spouse do all the discipline. So here's what I want to encourage you to do is let's look at the word. This is what's really, really good is never harm the body and the spirit of the child. Obviously, you're whooping your kid and you're hurting your, he's got marks on him. That's called abuse. You're beating up your child with your words. Sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. That's a lie from hell. That's wrong. Words break people down. They don't build people up. If you're abusive in your words, Always be fair and consistent. And I said that, and right after first service, somebody said to me, always? I'm like, yeah, I know, that's hard. Try your best to be fair with your kiddos. Don't play favorites. Everybody's got like a daddy's girl or, you know, a daddy's boy or whatever. I get it. But try to be fair and consistent. Here's what I want to encourage you to do. This is a grace-based church. Keep in mind there's no perfect parent. I don't care how good you are. You're not perfect. I don't care how much you read the Bible. You'll never be like Jesus. We've got this thing called sin, born into it, grow into it, develop it. Some of you water it and nurture it more than you should. But the Bible says where sin increases, grace abounds. That's the good news of Jesus Christ. He's like, you've blown it in your parenting. The good news is where sin increases, grace abounds. So get up. Get back in the ring. You, you've got to help discipline your kids. You've got to be that figure. You're not just whooping them and whopping them and breaking them down. You're building them up. You're nourishing them. You, you're that key player. Secondly, the Apostle Paul says this is really good. He says, instruct them about the Lord or in the Lord, depending on which translation you're looking at. To instruct, this is really good. It means to admonish. It means like to encourage, but it also means to teach. So what does that sound like? Admonish, encourage, teach. Admonish, encourage, teach. That reminds me of what it's like to be on a good team. When you have a good coach who says to you, hey, I see that you're really developing. You're doing great. Let's keep doing that. Come on, push yourself a little harder. Or, hey, you've been falling behind lately. What's going on? What's wrong? Okay, let's figure out if this is not the best position for you. Let's get you over here. Let's do that. Dad, you're a coach. You coach them. You encourage them. And it's not just like, hey, sit down and listen to my rules. Hey, it's not just like, now, I'm going to drag you to church and you better like it. And on the way home, if you don't tell me what you learned, you're in trouble. That's not, that's, that's over-demanding. It looks like this, Deuteronomy 6 through 7, the nation of Israel was challenged and the father figures and the parents were challenged to teach their children as a way of life. It says in Deuteronomy 6, 7, you shall teach them diligently to your children and shall talk of them when you sit in your house and when you walk by the way and when you lie down 
and when you rise. So the idea is that when you're sitting down with your kids, maybe having lunch or whatever, maybe you sit down at work and shoot them a text, or maybe when you get home, you sit down by the bed, or maybe when you go on a walk, or maybe when they, you lay them down in one of the most tender moments, you say, hey, buddy, I want to read you a story. I want to tell you about what God's done. You open up the scriptures, and they become like sponges. And you read to them, and you tell them you love them. And you tell them that no matter what happens in life, that you're always going to be there for them. And you tell them that mom and dad are always going to work things out, even when things go bad. And when you blow it, and when you mess up, and you don't do anything I just said, you say, God's good, and his grace is even stronger, and I'm going to do everything in my power to follow his way the rest of my days, and I love you, and I'm going to protect you. Amen? I got a small clap over there. That was good. I don't need a small clap, but what I want is I want your attention, and I want your dedication to take this seriously. It's not oftentimes what's taught, it's what's caught. Man, you make a difference, dads. We raise a generation of prisoners, or we raise a generation of people that make a difference in our community. We got a heavy responsibility. It's a great privilege. We can fulfill that great commission, go make disciples by getting in the game. The Apostle Paul's cool. He does not just say, hey, ladies, oh, I know your, guy, your, your man's busy. Oh, I know he's heavy-handed. He says, hey, dads, you got a discipline. Hey, dads, let me take it one step further. You need to be like a Sunday school room, classroom teacher. You need to teach. You need to train. And by the way, I'm not saying be uber heavy-handed. I'm telling you to nourish them, to bring them up. I'm telling you to coach them like a team, like an athlete, to get them going in life. So you say to me, hey, Pastor Ryan, what, what do I teach them? You teach them the A, B, C, the D, E's is what I'm going to call it. A, it's all about Jesus. You can teach them that. If you don't know anything else, what to teach your kids, just tell, talk about Jesus all the time. Tell them what difference Jesus has made in your life. Tell them how Jesus is different than everybody else in all of human history. Tell them about Jesus, his death, his burial, his resurrection, the gospel, the good news. Tell them all about that. Your mom and I love Jesus or you know, when we went through a divorce, I need you to know Jesus met me right in the middle of that really hardship, and Jesus is making a difference in my life. I want to talk to you and teach you more about Jesus. I got a couple of examples of guys in our church that are doing this. I'm so thankful for him. Don Fain, he's leading his boy to Jesus. He's baptizing his son to instruct him and tell him all about Jesus. Even in some of the most challenging times in their life, these fathers are jumping in and saying, I'm going to teach my kids about Jesus and baptize them. That's to bring them up. When they're baptizing, they're representing all about Jesus, that the old life is gone and the sin has been washed away through the power and the work of Jesus Christ and they're being raised and being brought up and nourished into a new family. And so I want to encourage you guys, what do you teach your kid? Teach them all about Jesus. B, you teach them about the Bible. We've got free Bibles for anybody that as new dad here wants to get a Bible for their kiddos. We only got a few left, so... I want to encourage you to pick them up. C, teach them about catechisms. Some of you that have a, maybe a bad Catholic or Episcopalian or whatever background, you're like, you just did like a knee jerk real quick when I said catechism. Catechisms are really cool. They actually, what they mean is it's a certain teaching 
It's not man's ideas, it's God's ideas, and you're doing it in a, an intelligent format to teach about Q&A. So curious kids have lots of questions. So in North Valley, we're just producing our first set of catechisms um, based out of church history and some other wonderful, uh, and the Bible and all these under, wonderful resources. Questions one through seven are out this week online. My hope is we'll have 100 plus before we get to Christmas. We'll package all those up give them away as Christmas gifts to all the families, a part of our church, and to help them teach their kids all about Jesus and God's Word. So, D, you can teach them about doctrine. These are agreed upon truths. These are important essentials that Jesus is Lord, the deity of Jesus, what sin is, how we have a remedy to sin, all that stuff. So, doctrine is really important. We teach doctrine in class 101. Highlight it. You can see that. There's a lot of great resources. E, you can, fathers, you can teach your kids ethics. So that's what my dad did. He didn't really teach me a lot about the Bible. He didn't teach me catechisms for sure. He didn't teach me uh, doctrine. But you know what he taught me? He taught me ethics. And ethics is, hey, as we're going through life, Ryan, when you lie to your coach or your teacher, we don't lie at our house. Stop lying. Hey, Ryan, you know, when, when I noticed that when you uh, smacked your brother because he took the controller out of your hand, we don't hit in our house. Don't hit. I had Christian ethics as a foundation that helped me in life. Dad, you can do that, but you need a source. And you need more than tips. You need deep, timeless truth, and that's found in the Bible. So I want to encourage you to do that. Here's the take-home truth for today. The take-home truth is, the truth is that God gave us instructions that we need as dads to be a great parent. And I want to challenge you just to take your next step. That's what I want to challenge you to do, whatever that is. Some of you, you you've got, I've already talked to them about Jesus, or I've been teaching them about the Bible. Oh, that catechism thing, that's a different deal. Maybe I could do that. Maybe that's you. Or maybe, oh, doctrine, I'm going to teach and develop my kids in deep truths to understand Jesus, the Bible, the world around them. That'd be awesome. What I'm not saying is, hey, dads, go delegate. I'm saying dads, get in the game. Train, nourish, equip, bring up in this next generation. Some of you, though, I can imagine you're like, man, I don't, I, I, I'm barely buying Jesus. I don't read the Bible, and I'm not sure about this, but I'm here today, and I do sense this is the right move for me. My encouragement to you is your first step is to make it all about Jesus in your own life. And you just say, today, Lord, I'm dedicating. I'm making a decision. I'm going to turn away from my sinful past. I'm going to believe in Jesus Christ as Lord. I'm going to confess him in my mouth, in my heart as Lord, and I'm going to, it's a new day in my household. So let's pray. Heavenly Father, I pray for all the families here. I pray for the dads and the moms and the singles and the kids, everybody here. God, we just pray for your blessing on this church. Lord, we pray for each one of us would be serious and take the truth to heart and apply it in our lives. We all got room to grow, Lord. And Lord, for some of us that maybe just need to make that decision today, today is the day to say, Jesus, you're my Lord. I want you to take over my life, forgive me of my sins, and I confess you as my Lord and my Savior. Bless my family in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening. To become a supporter of North Valley Community Church, give online today at northvalleychurch.org.